Blog Talk Radio. The Marriage of Mystery, Entertainment, and Education. Squatch Detective Radio is on the air. Space. Welcome to Squatch Detective Radio for today's date, July 11th, 2010. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective, Steve Coles, along with, well, I don't know what to call this guy, Big G. Uh, just don't call me late for dinner. That would be appreciated. Hey, good evening, Cyberspace. Good evening, Steve. What a week. Between the road trips we did, between what's going on in cyberspace, between everything else, what a week. I'm just going to sit back, Steve. Take it away. You've got a lot to cover tonight. Oh, do I? Re- you know, of all the weekends to take off, July 4th was like the worst day to take off because oh. so much has transpired between the first of the month and today, and it's only the 11th. So, unbelievable. 
What a week. What a week. Well, it's good. Yeah. It keeps us uh, out of trouble. Yeah, it keeps us busy, too. And that keeps us out of trouble. And, well, I don't remember that last time. Uh, <laughs> gee. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll start off with a couple of uh, quick clips. Uh, uh, or checkpoints, rather. Check one is um, uh, we're sad to see the uh, Sasquatch Watch radio go off the air. It went off uh, last Monday night. And, uh, Billy, uh, if you're out there listening, uh, either on podcast or live, uh, dude, it was a great run. You, you did the field a great credit. Keep your chin up and keep moving forward, brother. Uh, another uh, point is... Uh, Beyond the Edge Radio will be going off the air on hiatus indefinitely after July 25th. And uh, Sean Forker, Eric Altman, again, you guys are credit to the field. And, uh, you know, I, I wish everybody good luck in their endeavors. I know some are taking off for personal reasons and family and work-related stuff. And, hey, guys, we all know that that stuff comes before this stuff. So... Best of luck. Uh, we, you know, we'll always keep in touch, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the flip side, I'm sure. Uh, rolling on, we, we, uh, I, I did investigate a possible uh, encounter uh, this past week, and uh, nothing, really, um, nothing really substantial. You can read the report on SquatchDetective.com. Um, there'll be a heading there somewhere that says Investigation Queensbury, New York, so check it out. Okay. Without further ado, I'm just going to say a quick hello to our two guests tonight, our panel. Uh, of course, we all know, uh, uh, come on, board, there we go. We all know our, our, our good friend uh, from out there in uh, Indiana, our good buddy, Indy. How are you, buddy? Well, that's Ohio now, but yeah, I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did, what did Robin Williams say in, um, in uh, Good Morning Vietnam? It's so hot out there, you could do some crotch pot cooking. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and of course, uh, our good friend from uh, Texas, uh, where he kind of gloated that it's actually cooler than it is here in the Northeast. Uh, we welcome to the show once again, Craig Willheater. How are you tonight, Craig? Oh, doing fine here, Steve and Big G and uh, Indy. Uh, like I said, it's it's 93 here, so it's still plenty warm, but uh, I know you guys are, are probably warmer up there now with that heat wave you got going. <laughs> You know, I, I don't know if it happens in Texas. Uh, I've been down there a couple of times, but I was on the eastern part of Texas, and it was pretty humid. But up here in the northeast, the big problem isn't so much the heat, it's the humidity. It's horrible. So, but uh, anyway, we have so much road to cover tonight, and uh, guys, chime in when you want to. Um, what we're talking about tonight is the um, obvious, uh, let me just pop this open. You got line four open. Wow. We've, uh, oh, okay. I know who this is, and it's the other yep. panelist. And uh, that must be my good friend, Henry May. Hello, Steve. How are you, bro? I'm doing well, good. I'm doing good. Um, yeah. I just found out about this Mr. Mike story a few days ago. And, I'm, and um, I just found out about this, and... Um, well, I, I know that you're eager to talk about it, so um, I'm going to I'm going to defer to you and let you talk about you know, and, and we'll we'll get into it. <clears throat> well, for those who don't know the story, we're going to kind of go through it step by step a bit. Um, 
The uh, the first is a post by uh, a radio show called Overnight AM, um, which is at uh, www.overnight.am. It's uh, run by a host, Lamb Lamb Fear, and um, seems to do a real good job. <coughs> um, but anyway, on the, um, I think uh, around the 1st of July, 2nd of July, he posted that they've been contacted by a man claiming to have found, a, found Bigfoot living in his backyard somewhere in North America, <coughs> and that the location is going to be confidential. Uh, the evidence is substantial based on eyewitness testimony of a man whose life has been turned upside down by the creatures, a family of four, two adults, two infants, who bed down in his backyard every evening. UFO magazine and clearly skewed entertainment has dispatched a film crew to the area to document the events as they unfold on camera. And then it says tonight, so it must have been on the second, uh, Mike, last name withheld, the 70-year-old veteran with no interest in the field of Bigfoot research, will join Landland Fear and the overnight AM radio show audience to describe the events of the past few weeks and his encounters with his, this family of Bigfoot who have taken <clears throat> to living in the forest behind his home, appearing every night to bed down in his backyard to escape biting mosquitoes. So it, it, was, a big, it, it was a big draw, I suppose. I mean, this guy is saying he had substantial evidence. And uh, as it turned out, a lot of the um, evidence was just this man's testimony. Um, and if any of the panel wants to pipe in about anything, just jump right in. So, well, when when I listened to the show, uh, I, I did listen to uh, the Lane Lamphere overnight AM uh, Thursday night, and um, he was apparently the, this fellow, um, Mr. Mike, was actually looking out his back door and uh, looking. He said he was looking at these creatures supposedly, but. Um, the thing was, you could hear uh, traffic. You could actually hear audibly hear traffic zipping by, you know, as as this was going on. And I assumed incorrectly that he was looking out his front door. I thought that the, that the, uh, the the freeway was out his front door. But I, I I don't know how big this guy's house is or how small this ha- guy's house is to where you could audibly hear the traffic, you know. So I don't know. Um, but I do know that there have been developments as of today, some late-breaking developments on this story, uh, and I'm not going to steal anybody's thunder on that. So, yep. Well, here is uh, oops, here's a clip of part of his story. Here it goes. I was watching them, and I've watched them uh, practically every night till two or three in the morning. Uh, one of the younger ones came up to the window and uh, he put his hand uh, fingertips on the window and I put mine there and he just you know was curious and you could see the curiosity there okay and that's you know one particular story Um, so as as we continue after the show there was uh, some dispute. Apparently, they were going to have the BFRO come in and possibly investigate it. Um, but because apparently the BFRO boards kind of got really critical of the whole thing, uh, the BFRO was not included. And, um, you know, uh, I guess Darcy uh, Staffrigan, who was the one who was involved with this, 
was from the BFR, I was stated, not involved anymore. Uh, he never called yesterday like he said he would. I just found out why. And the reason why was as to the BFRO's inclusion because there was a lengthy blog by Lam Lamphere on July 9th stating that um, it's for that reason I've elected. Uh, since then, some members of the BFRO have become critical of this story without knowing all the facts. It's for that reason I have elected to forego the inclusion of the BFRO in any field research and have turned over the responsibility of handpicking a team, qualified experts, to investigate these events to Mr. Bill Burns, UFO Hunters History Channel and publisher of UFO Magazine, which to me, I don't know, panel, you pipe in, that seems really weird to, to pan it out to a UFO guy. Yeah, I don't understand that whatsoever. <clears throat> um... So uh, they also um, he also continues to go into the same blog, um, stating that I've met with some criticism due to a badly placed headline on my website that the skeptics already begun using as a means of detracting from my efforts to validate and verify the story of Mr. Mike's Bigfoot encounter. I take personal responsibility for that mistake. Okay, stepping up. That's that's uh, fair enough. Um, because Mr. Mike's Bigfoot encounter began to show signs of being very real and scary event, I uncharacteristically repositioned myself and the show and my commitment to discover and report the facts rather than focusing on the entertainment. However, it's not my responsibility to take the position of trying to single-handedly save a sacred cow from slaughter if a story doesn't pan out or just the way the audience expects. In fact, I'll be the first to slam a knife into it and carve myself out a fat steak to chew. Um, it says uh, about the camera crew he was planning on sending out. The camera crew will consist of one or more trained professionals inside the field of wildlife photography. Um, uh, you know, the world responds. Uh, at this time, the story of Mr. Mike's experiences have met an open, with open ridicule and support from opposing factions inside the arena of interested Bigfoot enthusiasts. Well... <laughs> I I, I kind of detest the, the the word enthusiast because a lot of us here are very committed to what we do, and some of us like Big G, and probably Indy too should be committed. Yeah, well, <laughs> did you get the uh, I am on the papers. on the questions? What's that? We got some questions in the chat room. I sent you an I am. We got a oh, couple I'm... in the chat room. All right, let's see. Okay, you why don't you? Fire them off. Okay. All right. Let me back up here. Okay. Um, let's see. First one is... Okay. Bear with me here. What about Sheriff's report about naked, hairy woman going through garbage and area? That's just my ex-wife, man. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I, 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 I give up on that one. Uh, you know, that's a story they, they came out with. Uh, I don't know. Uh, okay. I, I can't comment on something. I, I, I don't have the facts about that, but that's interesting. I mean, I'm not debating that there may be Bigfoot sightings in the area. Supposedly, this is in the Pacific Northwest, so it's entirely possible. Okay, let me back up to the next one here. And let's see. How do you think... This story will affect people's opinion about Bigfoot research. 
Well, uh, it all depends on how it pans out tomorrow night, how it's handled tomorrow night, when, uh, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But, um, well, I, I think it also but, depends on if you've got some jackass out there calling a the national press conference statement, you know. <laughs> yes, that's very true. You know, Craig, Craig has been awfully quiet over there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the woolly well, bugger's online. Okay. Yeah, yeah Henry, I'm here. What's uh, up, Craig? The ending going much. on, I mean, bud. I mean, this is, you know, it is an interesting case. Uh, you know, sitting there and listening to the guy go on for hours and hours talking about, you know, that he's five feet away from him and... and uh, Very you know, compelling. You know, it's, hmm. uh, to me, while an interesting story, you know, my opinion it is it's, it's a big load of BS. Uh, I yep. don't buy it for one second like henry was talking about you know the guy saying he's five foot away from a gigantic male bigfoot and you can hear the traffic whizzing by and it's like oh well i i you know I've, I've studied this a couple of times and luckily i work overnight so i had a good chance to really get into it last night and he says the closest he was was seven to eight feet and that's with a wall between them and 15 feet being outside, which is still kind of close. But this is the kind I'm going to play clip two, which is... Hang on just a second. Did you listen to the show from just this past... When was it? Thursday or Friday night? When he was only on the... He was only there for... I guess it was Thursday night. He was only on the line for about 20 minutes of that show, and then they went into the, the oil spill. And on that show is where he claimed that he was five feet away... Uh Mm-hmm. could hear the traffic driving by. Right, and and hold that thought, because that's going to be part of the summation. I, I only had time, really, to take in the first uh, Mr. Mike episode. Uh, I barely got the clips loaded today, because, uh, you know, uh, as big Geno's, I was working a double shift and uh, today, and uh, I got stuck at work an extra hour, so that put me behind schedule. <laughs> Yo, you were really busy. Anybody in the chat room, just to get this out there, that was on uh, www.overnight.am. That's www.overnight.am, if anybody wants to listen to that clip. Now, let's let's hit clip number two, which is a description of the creature. Well, uh, the largest male uh, is... He's about seven and a half to eight feet tall. I couldn't guess the weight on him, but he's got a lot of lot of long fur on him, and it's uh, uh, kind of a um, salt and pepper gray. And the female is the same way, only she's not as tall as he is. The uh, adolescent uh, ones have very black uh, hair, but it's not as long as the older males. And then they've got the two toddlers that are uh, probably, I would guess they would be about a year old. And uh, and then she, like I said, I'm pretty sure she's got a baby in her arms right now as I'm watching them. And there you have it. When he talks, he's supposed, I mean, he's supposed to be watching them right then and there? Yep, on his first interview, he claimed they were out there. And um, I, I, I found that really really very interesting, uh, very apropos, as um, many, uh, a few years back, I was actually in the same predicament where, in a very similar instance, these people were calling me 
telling me that they can see it right out the window right now. I go 70 miles south of my residence. I get there, and there's nothing. And every time, including this year, uh, because we have another operative in that area now, Big G, you know who that is. Oh, yeah. That's our, that's our good buddy, Teddy P. And um, he uh, he spent a few nights there again, as they claim that, yes, there's more sightings going on, and, again, finds nothing. So there's some parallels here. Um. Now, the interesting thing is in this blog, and, and you see, this is, a, this is kind of a mistake for a lot of times ask me, and, and you know, it's kind of funny where you know, Big G and I had a little animated discussion about should this wrap into our media discussion at a later date. <laughs> All right, you know, point counterpoint, he won this one. Because now that the conclusion has come out and we'll get, we're getting there, um, it seems like to me, and, and panel agree or disagree, that when you're in a radio show and you have a guest on, you shouldn't really take sides. You know, and he took a side. And, you know, somebody comes on the show, okay, fine, they say it, I take it at face value. But he seemed to kind of outpour into this thing mm -hmm. by saying, you know, point blank, I believe you. And even that day he blogged, he said, but after listening to the show again and again and again and again, I came to the conclusion that Mr. Mike was telling the truth, and I decided to act on it. And that, that is referring to the initial show of July 3rd. So, again, I think, all right, you know, kudos, uh, a bad word. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think really that the, uh, you know, in rare circumstances you do, and I think this guy wanted in on it because this guy owns a production company. So with better way to take a side, get in there. Can I blame him? Not really. But was it down the road journalism? I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Let's listen to the next clip, clip three. This was about 30 minutes into the program and only about 10 minutes into the interview where I knew right off the shoot, this is malarkey. Now listen to this very carefully, and I'm going to ask the panel that doesn't know about the answer, Craig, um, <laughs> um, what they think of this clip. Tell me if they can pick out the blaring uh, wrong thing here. And they can climb pretty good, too. Yeah, they climbed up a telephone pole. And, uh, right at the edge of the woods there and uh, the mother was frantic and she couldn't get up there to get him because she's too big for those branches okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I guess that would be hard to climb a telephone pole uh, if you were too no. heavy for your weight to support be supported by the branches on the telephone pole usually usually the uh, the tree trunks that I've seen that are used for telephone poles they usually Strip the branches off those. Maybe he's describing his family tree. <laughs> I, I have oh, a no. question. You know, I've, 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 you know, lived in a few states now. I lived in Indiana and I've lived here in Ohio. What freaking state has branches on their telephone poles? <laughs> however, however, New York and Big G's going to laugh. Big G's going to laugh. New York has cell towers that have branches. They're called the Frankenpine. Pine. And, yep. 
But I, I never heard of no telephone pole having branches. Again, let's play this one more time. And, and what blows my mind is that this was missed. This, this statement was completely missed, probably because so many people hearing the first 10 minutes of this guy talk had their jaw on the floor. But here it is once again. And they can climb pretty good, too. Yeah, they climbed up a telephone pole and, uh, right at the edge of the woods there, and uh, the mother was frantic, and she couldn't get up there to get them because she's too big for those branches. Good Lord. And there you Branches, have it. branches on the telephone pole. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Plain as day. Plain as day. Um, um, all right. Moving on. Uh, the interview goes on. Thank you. What? I just said thank you. Moving on. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Big G. You know, we, we have five clips, Big G. I'm trying to stretch them. Uh, anyway. Uh, but, uh, so... Uh, well, there's a question right there from, uh... Yeah, I'm answering it now. Yeah. And, uh, no, it was very clear that he said telephone pole. Um, yeah, he really did. And he said it a couple of times, and there was no mention there was a tree next to it. Why couldn't the thing just go up the telephone pole? As the story continues, <laughs> apparently one of the adolescents went up the telephone pole to retrieve the toddler that they're talking about climbing the telephone pole. And he continues later on in the interview, like some 35, 40 minutes later, I forget what it was, maybe even been an hour later, he said, well, the only time I was worried was when that little one was going to get electrocuted on the telephone pole. I'm going, you know what? That would have solved the whole thing right there! (laughs) (laughs) Hey, please put up a stick. Sasquatch, it's what's for dinner. Anyway, um, so moving on again, the gay. Yes, word. by all means. Not a word. <coughs> um, he's taught, now the host of the show started to talk about. Well, you're on a fixed income. You can't afford a camera. You don't have a camera. How about? And the guy interrupted basically and said this, and talk about a backpedal. Well, not only do I not have the, the, the money, or the, I, I don't have the time, I can't leave her. Right. Uh, I get relieved maybe uh, once a week where I can go grocery shopping and stuff like that, but uh, I can't really leave her because she she's had several falls, uh, and... You know, I, I, I don't, I, I can't leave her alone. I have my son either comes and stays or I've got uh, someone that comes in uh, once a week that will sit for a few hours with her. Okay. Um, let me correct the statement that Pasico 1 said telephone lines on poles don't carry enough electricity. In most places, the very top line is the primary power line. And it's not shielded. I've Big G can attest. He was. It goes primary power. After that, it goes cable, and at the very bottom is your phone, or vice versa. But that's for top wire. Where we're in our neck of the woods, the top line is power, 
And after that, the next two are either cable or telephone. And trust us, uh, we we both been firemen and well trained. Yeah, and I picked up a kid who decided he was climbing in a tree next to a power line and just touched the power line. He got 25,000 volts, a third-degree burn in the palm of his hand, and a third-degree burn in the bottom of his foot. And amazingly, he survived. It was amazing. Yeah. I never saw anybody get zapped like that and not. Just a little FYI, Steve and I were emergency services for better 10 years, and we've done a lot of different kinds of rescues and power lines, trees, and industrial, just many things we had to do, so we're familiar with it. And we do understand, uh, cycle one there, that, uh, you know, um, that uh, hydro does carry the highest one, but in our neck of the woods, uh, the top wire is power. After that, it's either telephone or cable. So we're and just dealing means, with our neck. Right. And that varies throughout the country. We're aware of yeah. it. And, and cycle one? Uh, is from Canada, so maybe it's a little different in Canada. I don't know, but I, I know for the, for the most of the time in the United States, the power line is the top. Um, so anyway, or where were we? Uh, so he's asked this question about the camera, and all of a sudden, we, you know, in the backstory, we have a sister he's taking care of. He's dirt poor. He can't afford money. Or he, he he can't afford a camera. Uh, um, taken, uh, you know, care of his 90-year-old sister, who's prone to falling, and he's saying he hasn't got the time. But he does have time to do this. Yeah, I brought him some uh, blueberries and. Uh uh, the other night when I went to the uh, drive-in, I, I got uh, a couple bags of French fries, uh, and I left them out there, but they didn't touch them until uh, this afternoon. They, one of them was out there picking in there and eating those French fries. Hmm. And there you go. And, he, and, he, and he's also had time, and I didn't get this clip, but he also had time to look for tracks, which he found none, and look for scat, which he found none. Uh, some of the more interesting things that he said was there was no water source. Um, he had said that he had contacted a zoo. Um, he only told his one son and says he's skeptical about it. And, uh... Line five, okay. Steve, you got a call all right, let's fire it up. Area code 440, you're on Squatch Detective Radio with the panel. How are you tonight? I'm good. I was just calling to listen in. I didn't press one. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm listening to my co-host. <laughs> I'll put you back on mute. All right. Well, there you have it. <laughs> oh. well, I, got, I got a question. All right, and the, the clip that you played just before this last one. He okay. said he's only he's only able to be relieved once a week to go get groceries and do all this other crap. But yeah, he went out and got blueberries and went to the drive through and everything like that. And this, and this was yeah. supposed to be the week that he was relieved. And it was at night, no less. So, well, one night I went to the store. Uh, here, I'll, I'll play that clip again too. How he backs off and says this. Well, not only do I not have the the, the money or the, I, I don't have the time. I can't leave her. 
Right. Uh, I get relief maybe uh, once a week where I can go grocery shopping and stuff like that, but uh, I can't really leave her because she she's had several falls uh, and. You know, I, I, I don't, I, I can't leave her alone. I have my son either comes and stays or I've got uh, someone that comes in uh, once a week that will sit for a few hours with her. And there you have it. Okay. Maybe, Steve, maybe the Bigfoot were drinking out of the water hose out back. No. <laughs> I never thought of that. <laughs> Any question in the chat room, Steve? Um, well, Psycho, that's what he's saying. Has he produced a report to that? The answer is no. Um, all right. Now, there's a little leak going on. And uh, I, I, this was reported on Cryptomundo just uh, very shortly uh, a few hours ago. And it's dated July 12th. Um, actually, let me back up. Earlier this afternoon, there was a new post on the uh, a Overnight AM radio show. And it says, the complete story of our friend Mr. Mike will be revealed on Overnight AM. The team of researchers, heroes, that took on this case having, have made history. The Bigfoot heroes researchers... Odd. Okay. The Bigfoot research world was turned on its head, discredited, abused, and shamed by those looking to profit from the popularity of Bigfoot's legend a little more than a year ago. Bigfoot researchers worldwide have been redeemed publicly and communally as of today. Tune in on Monday, July 12, 2010 to Overnight AM to get the complete and full story of Mr. Mike and his reported encounter with a family of Sasquatch and the investigators that broke the case wide open and restored all Bigfoot researchers' credibility. Okay, folks. Here is the, the story. And um, this came off a Facebook post of a uh, very notable Bigfoot researcher. And it says, my colleague has been able to determine that Mike was simply seeing things. Uh, actually, let me back up. Uh, he knew the researcher that was going out there. He said, let's all keep our fingers crossed that he is able to document the situation without disturbing the visitation or habituation that may be occurring. And later on, it was updated with, um, up, uh, my colleague has been able to determine that Mike was simply seeing things. Mike himself came to realize this during the course of the night on site when the creatures did not materialize before the thermal cameras. His initial account was compelling and persuasively articulated, so I think a responsible follow-up was performed, dot, dot, dot. Okay, let's back up. Yes, job well done, but I kind of laugh at how this radio show is saying, oh, Bigfoot researchers worldwide have been redeemed publicly and communally as of today. I don't know if this guy looks at Bigfoot research sites, but we debunk stuff all the time. Is that not true, gentlemen? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, thanks for trying to pat us on the back, but I think he's trying to uh, go around and I told you so. And that's, you know, uh, the, the big uh, 
the big crux there. So that is <coughs> Mr. Mike in a nutshell. Um, he was seeing things. But um, very clearly, and now I'm going to go into my little thing and I'll turn it over to the panel. I don't think he was making that. I don't think he was seeing things. I think he was making things up. He was enjoying the publicity. He was enjoying getting on the radio show. From hmm. clip two, let's play clip two again real quick. Well, uh, the largest male uh, is uh, he's about seven and a half to eight feet tall. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. I couldn't right guess there. the weight on him, but he's got a lot of, lot of long... I'm going to stop it right there. That's all I need, I need to hear. Sounds like this guy was watching a lot of Bigfoot programs because, you know, how many times do we hear that things are between seven and eight foot tall? If he never well, had any big panel weigh in. I'm sorry? Let's have the panel weigh in. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it does sound to me like this guy has been watching, like, Legend Meets Science, Harry and the Henderson, stuff like that. That's what it sounds like. It just it sounds as if he just uh, kind of making it up on the fly, you might say. He just it, 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 to me now it, it just does not have it, it doesn't ring true. It doesn't have a ring of credibility to it. And it's unfortunate that this laying lamp here guy, who was previously pretty much unknown to anybody, all of a sudden he picks up on this and says, "Hey, this might be true. Let let let's put this story out as if it were true." Yeah, let, 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 let's let's do an investigation, and we'll and we'll come up and say, well, well, this might be true. And he buys into it, hook, line, and sinker. Gentlemen, Indy. Yeah. Your thoughts? Uh, I just, I think he's censor, <laughs> censor. Get the button. No, but uh. <laughs> I, I I think the dude has read one too many websites, watched one too many movies, knew just enough about it to where he could cause some hype. Okay. And if his situation is really that dire and to where he cannot leave, his, you know, his care of his sister, he's living vicariously through this publicity that he's getting through this, you know. But. Something just, something just ain't turned the Tennessee Kool-Aid, you know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> Craig, your thoughts? Well, like you talked about earlier, there's there's people out there that are attention seekers. Uh, you know, you've been doing this, uh, investigating cases, uh, I, I think, as long or longer than I've been involved, since going back to 1999, and have talked to hundreds and hundreds of people who claim they've had sightings, and there's, you know, there's these uh, people who are either attention seekers or they just want to, um, they want to try and fit in, they want to please you, so they want to, they tell you things that they think you want to hear, and they have to keep building on it, and invariably the stories get more and more and more incredible as they go. I mean, just for instance, we. Uh, received a story uh, years and years and years ago about uh, two women who were, I think, in Kentucky uh, that were having Bigfoot sightings, and um, 
I didn't go to investigate it. Some of our other people went up there to check it out. When they got up there, the women started telling them stories about they they knew the Bigfoot were coming down the the mountain down to where their cabin was because their um, their penises glowed of the Bigfoot, so they oh could my see God. they could see them bobbing up and down, you know, kind of like old John Ritter, an old John Ritter movie, I think that was a uh, there was a scene where. John Ritter, I think, got caught in the bedroom of a married woman and, and had on a, a glow-in-the-dark condom, and the husband came in, and, and the fight scene was in the dark with just the, the glowing condom. So it was probably something like that. But there's, you know, there's people that are out there that, uh, like I said, want the attention, they're lonely, want to have somebody to talk to, and will go to, you know, most any means um, to make it happen. I don't believe a word of what he said. I don't think there's ever been any Bigfoot in his yard. I don't believe he's 70 years old. I don't believe he has a 90-year-old blind sister. I don't believe he threw blueberries in the yard. don't believe he threw french fries in the yard. I don't believe anything he said. And I have to agree. You know, even though, even though, well, we won't get into that issue, but, um, well, never mind. <laughs> How big is his backyard supposed to be anyway? Big enough to hold six to eight Bigfoot in the backyard and six or so in the front yard. Well, I heard I heard it's like west of maybe three acres of wooded area, you know, something like that. Something small. There ain't no way in I'm sorry, there ain't no way in hell that's going to hold that many creatures in there. Everybody mm-hmm. would be seeing the damn things. Oh, yeah, the whole thing was really far-fetched. really was. You know, I see, I see alien gnomes, you know, from uh, Planet 10 come down, and, you know, Elvis is flying the spaceship, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm 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 gonna repeat something that was said in the chat room, and I, I you know I really, I, in in some way I feel really bad in saying it, but um, I gotta throw it out there. You know, in some ways I just feel like this was an, uh, a lonely old guy, and I think he was looking for some attention or some companionship or something there. But uh, in some ways I kind of feel sorry for the guy. Um, other than that, I I'm really not sure to think, and there's a lot of contradiction. And there's uh, there's just an awful lot, you know, that makes you, you know, wonder. And I got a question here from Billy. Uh, Steve and co-host kind of feel bad for those squash researchers that went there. Yeah, I do too. That's a lot of time and money and a lot of uh, um, unfortunate wasted time and money. And I don't know. I really don't want to bash the old guy, and I really don't want to, you know, rip him one, but... Uh, Anyway, uh, Steve and panel, I'm going to let you guys pick it up. There, there's my two cents worth and uh, a lot of contradiction, but go ahead, guys, pick it up. Well, you know, you, you made a good point, uh, Big G, about the guy ha- and Craig as well. This guy has some psychological need to draw people in. I don't feel sorry for the researchers that jumped in and did it because I feel I do because it was their time and their money. I do. And it was done out of earnest and out of good intent. But to, yeah. I feel they got used, and I I, I got to give them some some sympathy, yeah, to it, uh, some sympathy, and you know I just hope they don't become frustrated or discouraged in the future. Um, this is one of the things we all have to deal with. The old false alarm, you know, when in doubt, 
your rule, put them out. So, okay, that's what's, what happened. Okay, let me, let me just finish my thought. Why? Because proving these creatures is part of our job, just as well as disproving falsities is. And boots on the ground is what solves it. I've always said that. I've always believed in it. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say, well, it sounds like bunk. And, you know, if I don't get out there to, you know, to actually prove it's bunk, then what did I prove? Nothing. So it takes okay, a I'll give you that. And then that's, I'll give you that. That's, yep. that's why it's part of our job. You're right. It's part of our I'll job to shoot down. Yep. <clears throat> and I don't know how the panel feels about that. Mm-hmm. I'll Go ahead. I definitely agree. Uh, I agree with what you're saying. And um, it's just, <clears throat> it's unfortunate that this has to happen, you know, but um, I mean, it's almost a situation of here we go again, except uh, this is very well contained. I think I don't think it's going to hurt the world, as some may may think, you know, and and I, I don't think it's going to um, really affect very much beyond uh, beyond us here, you know, beyond the uh, the Bigfoot community or the, the the you know just just us. This is just within us. This is this has nothing to do with the world or anything like that, you know. Just as I don't think the last hoax hurt the world. Well, and I, I think the difference in those two was the motivations. This guy a, has a psychological reason why he's doing this. Right. Where And that makes it all the difference in the world, whereas the other situation was because three guys came together and decided to make a movie. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so I, I don't know if the rest of the panel wants to pipe in about this. Well, it was like I said earlier that, you know, the guy's situation, if it is true, that he has a sister that he has to spend that much time with and to take care of, you know, that that's going to be grueling on a person, psych, psychologically and physically. You know, he's he could be, you know, really lonely because he is pretty much cut off from the rest of the world having to take care of her. Now, mm-hmm. you know, that could be the reason why he made up this story and, you know, got the publicity. But as far as, you know, feeling sorry for the researchers, I've got to agree with you, Steve. I mean, that's 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 what we're, that's what we do. I mean, we we got to find out whether it's it's real or not. You know, I can understand, you know, the spending of their, of their money and stuff and going out there doing it, but, you know, you don't, you don't put nothing forward, you're not going to get nothing. Yep. Um... And I know Craig's over there saying, nope, the guy's a bullshitter, and that's the way I'm going to keep it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right, Craig? Many of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I look at it, I mean, it doesn't seem like the guy wanted money for the thing. So there has to be some motivation. I don't, did he do it to mock the Bigfoot field? I don't know. I don't, I, it doesn't sound like it because it ended pretty quickly. Wine so fire. Ah, uh, Skype caller. I don't know if they're listening or not. Oh, hands up. So, and Skype caller, you're on Squatch Detective Radio. Hey, Ted. Ted, how are you, buddy? Hey, hey. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I got a question for you. I agree with everything you say about this guy. I got a, a question to throw out, and I, it was brought up on Billy Willard. And if you guys want to change the subject or not, just let me know and. But how many people do you feel is, would make an effective 
squash detective research team. You want to put 20 guys out there? No. You want to put five guys out there? Maybe. But if you get the less of the number, the more experience you're going to have to have. I, you know, it, how many guys you really want to put in the field? That's, that's, that's one thing. You know, too many fingers in the soup. You know, wrong observations unless they're well trained. You know, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not experienced like you, Steve, or, or a lot of other members of the group. And you know where my experience began because you were yep. with me the first time. So, you know, this is a question that keeps coming up in my mind that I want, you know, some sort of, uh, I don't know, not clarification, but what other people have as an opinion on that. All right, Ted. Ted, I'm going to mute you out because you got a lot of background, brother. Okay. All right, bro. All right. So uh, the question for the panel was, what's an effective team size to put out in the field? Hmm. I would say, I, I really don't think it really requires that many people to be out there. I, I think it requires maybe upwards of uh, five to ten, perhaps. That's just the way I look at it. I mean, the, if somebody can get good quality footage or if somebody can uh, maybe you want to use one of those biopsy dart guns, you know, if they say, let's say they spot one of these things and the thing, uh, and, and, it, and the, 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 the creature... Uh, doesn't uh, move and maybe it feels like it's surrounded. But then again, we also have to remember these things, whenever, where you see one, you're going to see, there, there's going to be more that you don't see, more of these Sasquatches. So that's one thing to keep in mind, the fact that they could be, um, you, you could be surrounded pretty quick. So you have to be very careful. Craig, what, what say you, Craig? Well... Uh, you know, that's that's a hard decision. Uh, you know, it's been tried, uh, you know, pretty much everywhere, every way. Um, I think that uh, probably the biggest issue is, you know, with funding. You know, you have people that go out there for a weekend and have an expedition or even a week, and and that's, you know, that's just not enough time. Look how long it took Jane yeah. Goodall to eventually see the chimpanzees in Africa, I think it was, you know, maybe even 18 months before she actually ever saw them. She, she heard them, uh, tried to, to get close to them, and, and was never uh, able to see them for quite some time. So, I mean, it's just going to take, yeah. take dedicated people a long time. Uh, you know, it might not take a team of 20 people out there. It might just take, a, you know, a couple of people out there. Maybe... The best approach is to, um, you know, just you could have somebody out there, uh, you know, that uh, was camping around the clock, uh, as opposed to, you know, trying to be stealthy. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, like I said, people have tried it all different ways, and nobody's really had any success. So, um, I, I don't really know what the answer is. Yep. Uh, Andy, yeah. were you even on the? Did you hear the question? <laughs> no, I lost. I lost signal. All right. Yeah, I kind of figured. Hang on a second. Let me get Ted back, and that way we can open up this line. Adequate enough, there, Teddy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, brother. I'm going to uh, let your line up because there's a lot of background. I'll give you a shout afterwards and let you know exactly what you're being heard. Okay. All right, All right bro. Sorry. I'll. 
Yep, take it easy. All right. We have one line open. Uh, 347-996-5800. We got about five minutes left to show. And, um, you know, we might as well start the wrap up while we have an open line. And I, I want to thank each one of our, our guests for coming on tonight, especially on short notice. Um, boy, it, it, it has been an interesting, interesting week, that's for sure. <laughs> but, um, and, and, and Henry, I'm glad yeah. to hear you. I'm glad to hear your niece isn't mad this week. <laughs> <laughs> there are their dating grandmas right now, so. Um. <laughs> I heard that. I go, oh, there's another Henry moment on the radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's start uh, with the wrap up. I'll let Henry go first. Well, I just, I just think, you know, and I, I agree with y'all. This, this wasn't really a case. This was, this was pretty isolated. This was a pretty isolated case within the community. It, it didn't really get out to the major media or anything like that, and, and that's a good thing because it would have been just a circus. And um, I'm just glad that it, that it stayed contained within the community here, and that. Um, that we were able to uh, just sniff this out and discern that yes, this is crap. This was nothing but crap. This whole thing was just was just was just crap. And really, there's no need to listen to the show tomorrow night, you know, because we all know this is just according to the investigations, this is crap. This is nothing. This is just someone's uh, overactive imagination running away with them. And and and, and, and you can't really fault the, the the poor older elderly gentleman, you know, because um, he's probably lonely. He probably um, is in is in need of I don't know. It just um, at the same time though, it does hurt us. You know, it, it hurts us as a field. It doesn't hurt the world, but it hurts us as a field. But. But it also it's it's a good learning lesson. It's just it's a good lesson learned, and um, that we we shouldn't immediately say everything is true because it's not. Absolutely okay. I'm going to move right moving right along. Let's move over to Craig. Well, you know, I've I've already pretty much stated my opinion. I think that everybody's pretty aware of it. I think it's a, a big pile of, uh, of manure and that uh, the guy is uh, an attention seeker, and it probably got out of hand uh, like it has happened for other people in the past when they start out with uh, a prank or something and it gets publicized and and gets out of hand. Uh, I'd like to go ahead and announce uh, an event that's going on in a a week and a half for folks that might be in the Northeast or even people that aren't there and would like to participate that myself – uh, of Cryptomundo and Micah Sorty and Diana Smith of the Believe It Tour are hosting an event uh, at Button Bay State Park in Vermont on the shores of Lake Champlain, an event called Champ Camp that uh, is going to be a family event uh, at the campsite there. There's going to be, we've got a chartered boat out on the lake on the Spirit of Ethan Allen where the largest mass sighting of Champ happened back in 1984. Uh, the other events there, the information you can find it on Cryptomundo, you can find it on Facebook, you can also find it at BelieveItTour.com on the event Champ Camp. But it's going to be a fun event. So if folks are out there, 
uh, going to be in Vermont, Button Bay State Park, uh, I think is nearly near Burlington, Vermont. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, something positive. That's uh, a fun event for folks here this summer. And you know what? I will be up there, and I'll get a chance to meet Craig. So I look forward to meeting you finally in person, Craig. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. So, and finally, Mr. Indy, if we run over, we run over. So, I uh, it would be that windbag, but. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, when I first read the article, the article names on like a crypto window and uh, stuff like that off of Facebook, I was like, yeah, this is this is bullshit. I'm sorry, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it was. Yes, and Indy's oh. website. Indy's website is www.getyoursilverplunger.com. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, like I said, I, I kind of feel sorry for And if this, is, if this man is in the situation that he's in, whether that's bullshit or not, and he's in the situation where he has to take care of his elderly sister, I feel sorry for the man because, you know, I, he is put into a situation where he may not have the time to physically, you know, to, to socialize with other people if he has to take care of her all the time. And yeah, I feel sorry for him for that. But if he, if it's not, and it turns out that he's just making this crap up, then you know, it's a whole different story. Amen. And finally, Big G. Hey, you got two minutes left. I'll give you my last two cents worth been a great show. Guys, thanks for being here. You've made the show what it is, and thanks to everyone in the chat room. All right, and Steve, thanks, yours. And again, thanks to everybody on the panel. Thanks to Big G. Uh, uh, just uh, what an incredible week. It's kind of been like, whoosh. Um, but a lot of work went into this show. <laughs> I mean, about sure. three hours, four hours, five hours worth of work at least. Just well, to, we had something entirely on. different lined up. You know, we had we something did. entirely different lined up. We had been out on a excursion earlier in the week. We got one minute left. I'll shut up. What a week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, we'll catch you next week. And as always, we're working on next week's show. So uh, that'll probably mean Indy will be back. <laughs> um <laughs> So, uh, folks, we'll catch you all next week, Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern, blogtalkradio.com forward slash squatsdetective or squatsdetectiveradio.com. Hey, folks, again, thanks, panel. Thanks to all our listeners. Uh-huh. God, God bless. And uh, out of all things, be safe, and we'll catch you next week. Good night, Some kind of way out of here Said I'll jump to the sea There's too much confusion I can't get no relief Bye.